Everybody, Coach John Daly back again right after the Christmas holiday uh, here live with Dr. Jeff Lip. We're trying out, we're having an adventure here. We're trying out some uh, new microphone equipment, which uh, I can already see is a lot better than what I had before. So I think this is going to fit uh, in, in getting out uh, Dr. Lip's message here. And he's got a new chapter that he wants to share with us today. Jeff, what do you got to say today? Well, this is our 15th podcast together, my friend. Oh, my God. 15 podcasts together. Wow. Absolutely. It's flipping amazing. It is flipping amazing. Um, this podcast really is going to be devoted to the Mazzola family. Um, the Mazzola family consists of Chris Mazzola, Teresa, which is Chris's wife, Samantha, who is an adopted Asian daughter, Victoria, and Melinda. So with the permission of Chris and Teresa, I would like to share how all five of these people treat me like a family member. Mm. Mr. Daly, tell the audience members who Chris Mazzola is over at Lakeshore High School. Chris Mazzola, he's one of our most outstanding teachers uh, at Lakeshore, um, building trades, and, and, the, and the man can fix or build anything. And what he's doing uh, at Lakeshore with his program is uh, absolutely amazing. You know, there's so many students um, that kind of figure out or they're, they're trying to figure out what school is all about. And a lot of them kind of think that school is not for them. Um, and there's the building trades program that he does. But he gets kids excited about learning, you know, core content subject matter, right? And, and doing things with their hands and building things and fixing things. And he started um, a new class uh, at Lakeshore uh, with the girls, with, with girls having those skills as far as um, – electrical things and fixing things and, um, you know, building things too. And it's really taken off. Chris is one of the most down-to-earth guys, most relatable with the kids. Um, it's really a joy working with him, and I know you felt the same way. And I'm very interested to hear the history of, of how you guys got connected and how long, how long you've known each other. It's a lot of history, a lot, a lot of history. What did, did you buy an elf when he made one of those elves over this? Uh... Saw that? Nope. I, I regret not getting one. If anyone is listening right now, what Chris Bazzola did in his uh, building renovations class was make elves that are about eight feet in height. And if you looked at how the elf stole Christmas, or was it the elf that stole Christmas, or what was it? the Grinch? How the, the Grinch, Grinch stole, stole Christmas? He made eight foot Grinches that basically, if you put up lights at your house, you could put up a strip of light on one of the gutters and then drag it down to the Grinch. And then basically it was like, hey, the Grinch stole all my lights, and this is how my Christmas decorations look. That I saw that. I saw a picture of that. I think it was on Facebook, and it looked fantastic. I think after we get done with this podcast, that would be something that you should put on your website. Those are really done really, really professionally. Honestly. Wow. So let me talk about Chris and how I began to know Chris. Because I have to start with Chris because without knowing Chris, I wouldn't know any other family members in the Mazzola family. Chris and I really started our friendship back in the summer of 2013. He came over to my house for a washer toss game. Washer toss is kind of similar to like <laughs> cornhole, right. uh, but really with large washers and a bucket can in the middle of the playing field. And it was a party that I was having in my house because my wife and I at that time, we were having a lot of backyard games. Sarah and I would play a lot of backyard games and we would invite different people over all the time. And we would throw large parties. That's what we did. And, you know, those backyard games are good games to get people kind of involved. So he was amazing at these games, John. I'm like, if there was a professional league for washer toss, he would probably be the MVP of that league, <laughs> honestly. So what happened? He came over. 
we started playing the Washington uh, the Washington game, and he just slowly dominated, completely dominated. And it was funny because he didn't know anyone else at that party besides me. And what he did was he came over, started dominating Washington, and I asked him like, "Do you not want to make any friends here today <laughs> at all?" And he just started laughing at me, kind of like how you're doing right now. And then from that point forward, everyone at that night, at the end of the night, all my friends were like, who invited this guy? Who invited this guy to this party? And like, I go work with this guy. You know, I mean, this is what he does every single day is basically play washer toss in the classroom that he teaches in, which is a joke. Honestly, he does a lot more than that. <laughs> but um, I like to really great. be on that guy about that. But this is the main story I wanted to focus on today about Chris. And what he did was the number one thing was he supported me tremendously in remodeling my basement. And this is why remodeling my basement meant so much to me. Right before I got divorced in August of 2014, the uh, Metro Detroit area got hit with the biggest flood in Michigan history. Do you remember this flood? I do. Horrible. Was yeah. your house affected? Uh, only outside, as far as no damage, but you know the water and. Uh, but no, luckily our basement was okay, and I definitely have heard horror stories of, of other people, especially knowing now that this story is coming. I didn't know that uh, you were affected so so deeply by that. Extremely affected, and living in the city of Warren, the houses in that area got hit absolutely the hardest. If you drove down my street the week after that flood hit. It was looked like a rummage sale of all this stuff that people discarded because of all the water damage that took place because of the flood itself. And what happened was I remember driving home the night that the flood actually took place. And I was driving home from Oakland Community College in Royal Oak. I had just got done teaching a class. And this drive that normally took me 20 minutes to get home to Warren took me three and a half hours to get mm. home that night. It was the worst drive I've honestly ever experienced in my whole entire life. It was a three and a half hour drive. And what happened and why it took me so long to get home was because the highway was completely flooded. Waters and cars were engulfed in water. And it, it was like, it was Noah's Ark, honestly. I mean, it, Moses, yeah, Moses' Ark, right? Moses, Moses, right? Nope. No, it was no. Noah. It was Noah. Noah. It was like Noah's Ark in that, in that biblical sense, the fact that everything in that area got flooded. And... What happened was um, after I got home, my mom was already over my house because she was really fearful of my house actually being flooded. And she lives about a mile away from me, John. And I don't, it, this is unbelievable. She couldn't even drive a mile to get to my house. She actually walked a mile to get to my house because of how flooding everything was becoming. Mm. And water was just, it was coming up to my garage door, honestly. It was that bad. It was that bad in my mom's neighborhood also. And what happened was after driving three and a half hours, I walked home, I walked downstairs, and I just fell to my knees and started crying. There was water, honestly, about an inch high all across my basement. And here's my mom, an older lady, on her hands and knees, basically holding a bucket and starting getting all the water out of the basement with me. And I just started crying because I, I'm getting moved kind of right now talking about it because of the fact that how grateful my mom is really to always looking out for me. Mm. And at that time, I was feeling really rejected because I was about to get divorced. And it, it was like, it was so disheartening, honestly. But my mom, here's my mom. I didn't even ask her to come over, but she knew right away that she sensed something was wrong with my house. So 
after I got off my knees, I started walking around the basement and started quickly picking up things that were heavier than my mom couldn't lift and started putting it on higher ground, obviously, because I didn't want my belongings. I still didn't want Sarah's belongings to be damaged at all because of the uh, water that was coming in immensely from wherever it was coming from, the sewers, um, just everywhere in general, because the water was just, it was toxic. It was just not a good scenario for anybody to be in. So we spent all night getting the water out. And when you have that much damage in a house, there is no effing way to do anything but to start over. And I was so disheartened by everything. I had no idea what to do. So I called Chris. Actually, Chris volunteered to come over. And I go, I need I need help. I need to know what to do with this basement. He looked around the basement and he gave me a quote. And he said, we can do this. We can get this done. And I looked at him. I'm like, are you sure? He's like, absolutely. We'll get this done. And this is the best way to kind of do it. After three months, that process took place. I have a whole brand new basement. And I would owe all to him, honestly. I really do. And he doesn't even know how much of that little bit meant to me. And it's just a basement. Honestly, that's all it was. But for me, it was like a brand new start to my life. It was a completely fresh start to my life. Hmm. Have you ever read the book Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren? Yes. What are your thoughts on that book? Uh, it reminds me about kind of your description of uh, you said you fell to your knees and started breaking down because of just the weight that was on your shoulders, your chest, your back, everything of what you were going through currently, about to get divorced, and then this blow to you, but then you just said it. You got back up. That's awesome. You stood back up. And that's why I'm bringing up this book. Yeah. And this is why I'm bringing up that book. If you never pick up that book, John and I both read that book. It, it changed my life. It really helped me during my whole divorce process. But really, in essence, what this is why I'm going to reframe. I'm sorry. They talk about this book in general when we're talking about Chris Mazzola. Is the fact that in that book, if you've never read it, how the book is structured, it's structured in a 40-day type passage. And what, how you're supposed to read that book is that every single day, Rick shares with you a story about something biblical in the Bible, but the reference is it really back to life in general. And you're supposed to read that book over 40 days. And the book in general is because he structures around biblical events that take place over 40 days. If you're talking about Jesus walking through the desert, um, we just talked about, obviously, Noah and the ark. So this is how I looked at it, too. I had a complete flooding of my basement because in many ways I felt that my higher power wanted to water wash all that pain that I was going through with that divorce. And then basically what happened was, here's this guy, Chris Mazzola, who has this plan that says we're going to re resurrect your basement and make it better than it was before. I didn't really see that mm -hmm. until the basement was done about a couple of two months after. And I'm like, this is why he wanted me to go through all that. This is why he wanted me to see that physically, to wash away all that pain, and then boom, to start all over again. Mm. And this is your brand new chance to start all over again. And it's funny because I joke around with Chris all the time. He is older than me. He's, <laughs> he's a lot older than me. I don't want to say he's like less fit than me, but he is a lot older than me. And I joke around with his age all the time. I go, you're pretty good as a carpenter. Didn't you and Jesus go to school together? <laughs> <laughs> and that's the one thing I joke about it with him all the time about his age. But really, in general, taking all joking aside, if it wasn't for him, 
I wouldn't have that new basement mm. and I wouldn't have that fresh start because now all of Sarah's stuff was out of there. And my new basement, and you've been down in my basement yep. when we did a couple podcasts. He's built that shuffleboard down there also. Needs doors on the shuffleboard, but, you know, I'm not going to say anything right now, you know, but anything that that shuffleboard is amazing then too. So that basement is a complete change of me who I am right now. And it's all because of him. Honestly. Yeah, the two things that kind of struck me uh, as you were talking here is Chris is very, he's a very confident young young man, older man. Um, <laughs> I think he's older than Let's me. stick with older. Okay. Um, but instilling that confidence in you at a moment you needed it and him saying, it's going to be okay. We can take care of this. It'll be all right. And you looked at him and said, what? Are you kidding me? And he, no, no, it's going to be okay. We'll take care of this. That instilling confidence at a moment when you needed it um, because you were about to ready to rebuild your life in the first place through Absolutely. the divorce. But now a blow like this to the house, which is your life, right? Our, our home is our castle. Our home is what we have. We invest in it. And for him to say that, so I think it was twofold, rebuilding your life through that house at a moment that your life needed re- re- to be rebuilt. And I think that's, that's one of the great qualities um, that Chris brings and I think we all need to bring is being there for somebody um, and that's just an amazing story I love that going through the divorce you slowly start recognizing what are important things mm. and I quickly realized that the material stuff in my life meant nothing to me I would have gave honestly all that back if she would have come back to me you know I I'd rather have had that I'd rather have had her in my life than had any of these materialistic things but it's really interesting that no matter how you look at it it's still important it is my living area I need to make sure it's functional and he, he'll never know how much, how grateful I am, honestly, of everything he did to that basement. It, mm. it, it is truly better than it was before. Truly. And it's functional. And people walk down there, they're astonished by everything that I got down there and what, everything that he kind of put together, his vision on that. And when you're going through that, you, you have to rely on a lot of people because you don't have that vision. It's really clouded mm. in regards to all the pain that you're going through. Awesome point. So, all right, now let me move on to... Probably the most important person in that in that whole family. I'm not going to say it like that, but it's really Teresa, honestly. And Teresa and Chris really complement one another extremely well. It's just kind of like how I talked about Nick and Michelle. They complement each other really well. How I talked about Lauren and Jason complementing each other really well. Really, these two complement each other extremely well. And here is how funny life is and how I just know that life wanted me to have Teresa in my life. And this is so crazy. I can't even tell you, John. <laughs> One night when Teresa came home, I was over at the house with Chris. And I believe Chris and I were just hanging out more than anything. And Teresa came home. And this is after the divorce took place. And Teresa was beginning to describe how her day went, um, all the different things that she did in that the, throughout that whole day. And one of the things that she did was she went to a doctor's appointment for a follow-up that she was going through. And as she was describing that, I go, why did you go to the doctor's office? And she basically disclosed to me what she was experiencing for years. And this is the same female issue that she was going through for years that Sarah was going through for Mm. years. And it's because of this female issue or this medical condition that Sarah and I couldn't have children. As you heard earlier before I even started this podcast, I introduced uh, all of Chris and Teresa's three kids. And the first one was Samantha, who I'm going to talk about a little bit, but she's an adopted Korean girl. 
And what's interesting was because of the fact that she was adopted, probably because they were having a hard time having children. And all of a sudden, I thought to myself, I can't believe that you had the same thing that Sarah has. I truly can't believe that. If I just knew, you could have maybe shared some light on what her and I were going through. And that was one of the major things that broke our marriage, more than anything. Money, we fought about money, and we fought about communication. We fought about a lot of things that normal couples feel like they need to fight about, honestly. But more than anything, what we fought about was not being able to have children. Mm. And I, I'm astonished because if I just shared that story with her while I was married to Sarah, I would truly think that things might be different. But I think that everything happens for a reason, too. Mm-hmm. I want to get your thoughts on that. I really it do. is powerful. It is powerful, and it does get you second-guessing, I think. Um, boy, what if? But, you know, you can't spend too much time in that arena as far as what if, what if. Um, but I think it is powerful in how maybe now, even though it's too late for you and Sarah, um, you will gain an understanding, and you have, of people. Completely. You know, especially women, but people. Um, and that, you know, the ups and downs. And I just think it makes you a better person. I think it makes you stronger. I think it makes you more valuable. I think it makes you uh, better, relatable, more relatable. Um, and you, you become better because of that. And it makes me human. Yes, yes. It really it, makes me human. It connects us to being human. It really does. And more than anything, what I realized when I was like kind of writing up some notes that I was going to talk about today with you about the story was that more than anything, and it's really quite fascinating about this, is the fact that, like, I, it's hard for me. It's, it's hard for me to share my story honestly sometimes, and this is a great platform to do it. But it really just reinforced the idea that I need to completely share my story, and everyone needs to hear a story. Everyone has a story, mm-hmm. so the exactly. more you share it, the more people that you, you're going to slowly recognize that, you know, no one's perfect, right? And that everything out there in the world, these people that come into your life are supposed to be there for a reason. And I truly felt like once I was going through these notes that this is why she's in my life right now or anything. Uh, So moving on, let's talk about some of their daughters right now. So uh, I just talked about Samantha a little bit. but Let let me dive into a little bit about Samantha. Samantha, once again, is the oldest girl in the Mazzola family. Um, she's adopted Korean, just like Sarah. She is an adopted Korean, which is another. Wow. I know, right? I, I don't. I'm not trying to make any of this stuff. Up. I even called Chris last night on Christmas. I'm like, is Samantha Korean uh, adopted Korean? He's like, yep. I go, okay. This is even more of a story that I can't make up, but I got to make sure the listeners are hearing this. Mm-hmm. In addition to that, here's the funny thing about this: when Sarah and I were still married. Um, we went over to Chris's house, and Chris invited me to a lot of his milestone parties that he would have. You know, like so when he graduated college, Sarah and I went over there and we celebrated with them. And this was the type of relationship that we were building over the years that we've had. And what was interesting was that when Sarah and I went over there, we met Chris's dad for the first time. And, you know, Chris being the jokester he is, he tried to convince that his dad, that, hey, look, Samantha and Sarah, they're actually related. They're twins. You know what I'm saying? His dad being the guy that he is like, are you kidding me? No, they're not. They're not related. Just because they're both Asian doesn't mean that they're related. It was really funny. 
And um, building on the relationship with Sam that I have, it, it's really good because, you know, she's a super sweet girl. Like all the all three of them that I'm going to talk about, they're all super sweet people. And they're so nice to me. And I'm so nice to them. They're just awesome girls. And Sam and I and Nick and Michelle, which I mentioned in two podcasts before, we did the turkey trot last year down in Detroit. Which The turkey trot, for you guys that are not familiar with that, is a 5K race that takes place on the actual day of Thanksgiving. I will tell you right now, my friend, I will never do the turkey trot again. <laughs> and here's why. Because on Thanksgiving, the night before is the biggest bar night of the year, every single year. So I went out that night, woke up 4.30 the next morning to do a four, uh, 5K race. And I said to myself, you know what? I'm not going to do this again. I'm really not. <laughs> and, you know, uh, this past this past Thanksgiving, I didn't do it. I, I chose wisely this time, you know. But Sam, she's a speed demon, and uh, she finished the race before, well before Nick and Michelle and myself did. So, once again, this is how we just kind of bonded. This is how we all kind of connected is that slowly I started really get to know this whole family in general. Which moves me on to Victoria, who is the middle child of the whole Mazzello family. She has a heart, John, like Teresa, that is unbelievable. It's a giving heart. These people who have these types of giving heart, they're just rare breeds, honestly. She is one of those uh, giving hearts. She's really, I mean, the three words I really want to do is to describe her is sweet, kind, and friendly. Those are really three of the best words to describe Victoria in general. Mm. And so every year, let me tell you how giving of a heart she is. She used, she goes through the adopt a family through the Christmas times. Uh, are you familiar with adopt a family? Yes. yes. Okay. And so you basically you adopt a family and you buy gifts for that family. She does that every single year, and it just it melts my heart, honestly, what she does for these people, what she does for herself, because giving really is the essence of living. Honestly, mm-hmm. the more you can give, mm-hmm. the more you feel like you're living a life that you should be living. Honestly. Absolutely. So, which, you know, the holidays, giving, you know, real quick, how, how was your holidays again, my oh, friend? you know what, it was fantastic. Uh, great time at my parents um, on Christmas Eve. Uh, went to Mass, had a great dinner uh, with my sister and her husband and two boys and my mom and dad. And we brought the dog out there. Uh, he, he was such a good boy. Just a great time. And then uh, Christmas morning, I was up. I slept in a little bit. Normally, it's a far cry from when my sister and I used to go in and wake up my parents at you know, four thirty, five o'clock in the morning on Christmas Day. Uh, I think I got up at closer to eight, and then everybody else came down about nine, and just had a great, great day. And then over to my in-laws uh, with about eighteen people, uh, and just had a fantastic dinner time with you know family. Uh, poker game, I got knocked out first, but hey, it was okay. My son came in second, so uh, he got a little money back. But we just had a ball. It just, I love this. I wish it was more than once a year. I really do because it's just uh, such a fun time. It really You're, is all about family. Honestly. Yeah, absolutely. Yours good too? It was excellent. And I spent with my family, my niece and my nephew. Real quick, a funny story about my nephew who just turned three this past year. And he's three right now. He opened the gift and he's never done this before, which is so funny. He opened the gift and he pushed his sister, Mallory. And he said, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? <laughs> He couldn't believe the gift that he got. He just loved that gift so enthusiastically. He's like, are you kidding me? It was the cutest thing. It, wow. it, it just melted my heart, honestly. It really did. All right, and to round off, last but not least, Melinda. She is the baby of the family. Melinda is one of the most outgoing and super amazing people that I know. 
honestly. She just turned 21. Matter of fact, before I even came into this room, I had breakfast with Chris, Teresa, and Melinda. So it's just, this world is so small, honestly. Awesome. It really is. Awesome. And she, just turning 21 really makes me think about how old I am, honestly. <laughs> and she's just like a regular, typical 21-year-old. You know, she she's an avid Harry Potter fan, more than anything. She has a hedgehog. She's just an all-around outgoing person, honestly. But more than anything, I'm really fixated on the fact of what it would be to be 21 again, honestly, mm. right? Wow. And I've heard this a lot in all the podcasts that, you know, a lot of the hosts ask their guests is that, what would you tell your 20-year-old self? Mm-hmm. John, uh, what would you tell your 20-year-old self? Oh, we'd have to uh, sit down for a long conversation. Um, the, the, a couple things come to mind real quick. I've thought about this before, about um, telling that younger version of myself not to give up on things, you know, to hang in there uh, and don't always look for the easiest way out. And, you know, when the crap hits the fan and, and times get tough, don't always look to run away sometimes. You know, you need to stand up and go through some of that stuff to become better. And I've realized that now, of course. Um, definitely would have started investing a heck of a lot sooner, you know. So back then, you know, 1985, oh, somewhere around the mid-80s, uh, boy, you know, whether it was Apple or some of these other companies up and coming, man, I would have taken a crap load of, I would have come up with some money to put in there, I tell you that. Absolutely. But also, you know, and how important relationships are um, and and not to waste time and and to go after dreams and goals and uh, not to play small. Um, You know, the confidence in myself would be something I would try and instill in myself and uh, give myself a great big hug uh, and just say it's going to be okay. You're going to get through stuff. I'm just picturing all that. It just kind of really honestly melts my heart. Yeah. And what I would say to myself, piggybacking off that for just a little bit, more than anything is that life is not all about being successful. Right. I listened mm-hmm. to a Oprah Super Soul podcast again, and Mitch Albrum, I shared it with you, was yep. on there. I got to get to that one. And one of the things that he said was that you know life is not all about making money. Life is not mm-hmm. all about being successful Absolutely. in his 20s. And he was fixated on just work. He was a workaholic. And I, that's who I was in my 20s. Mm-hmm. I was a workaholic. I'm still kind of a workaholic, but... Not to the extent of how I know relationships play a life, a meaningful part in my life right now. So I would tell myself that family has to come first. Money will always be there, honestly. And that success is important, but it's not as important as learning from all the failure that you'll go mm-hmm. through. And that's exactly what I had to learn. I had to learn a little bit of failure. And I don't want to stay in the failure zone, obviously, Correct. but yes. it's, it's more about learning from those uh, lessons that you can teach yourself, honestly. Mm. All right, a couple more things. I'm going to end this up with a couple more things about this family in overall, in general. So no one in this family, John, they, they never judge me. Never. These, these, these people want to hang out with me. And through the last three years, and you guys have heard all these different things that happened to me personally over the last three years, I truly felt like they loved me for me. And when I was going through the roughest times of my life, I was losing my identity, honestly. And these people constantly, all five of them would remind me just how amazing I was. Just like everyone else that I talked about, these five truly made me feel like I was amazing. And what they made me do was they made me feel like I was part of the family. So two years ago on Christmas, they even called me and says, what are you doing? Come join with me. Come join us to um, watch a movie. I couldn't do it because I was with my niece and nephew. 
But more than anything, it's like they make me feel like I'm family all the time. They're leaving for a trip for the next 10 days because you guys have an enormous winter break and I don't. <laughs> and what they did was they wanted to meet with me for breakfast before they left. That That's just how much of a family member I feel like I am with that mm. family. It's it's awesome. It, wow. It's it's a blessing, honestly. Yeah. It truly is a blessing. And here here's the one last thing that I want to slam dunk home, and it really revolves around Chris and his um, health and his age, really, in general. As you get older, obviously, your body just needs general maintenance, okay? Like, so as you get older, obviously, Chris being in construction for so many years, he's had some knee surgeries done. And I remember one night before he was going to go into his next knee surgery the next day, he told me, he's like, if anything ever happens to me, make sure you take care of my family. I looked at him, I'm like, you want me to take care of your family? Why? You know, and I asked this in my mind, I'm like, why? It's just me. He, and really, he didn't have to answer that. I just knew how much he trusted me. And when you go through rejection like I've been through, and when you lose your dad like that, you miss those times, you know, you really miss those types of moments, you know. I remember more than anything, remember when you got your back surgery? Do you remember who came to visit you? Yeah. Yep. Getting teared up here a little bit, folks. Because I, I not only did I lean on on um, on Jeff for our trip, my wife and I when we went to uh, Paris, then first time traveling that far, I called him and my brother in law Jim. And I said, "Listen, you know, if anything happens, I don't know, what, you know, what goes on over there. If something does happen, you know, get in touch with you know my brother in law Jim. He can get in touch with my parents and and, and make arrangements for whatever's got to be done. And uh, yeah, it just man." Yeah, that's huge, buddy. That's why I love you, buddy. Uh, that's why I love you. Because yeah. it's, it's it's hard when you don't have that intimate relationship all the time. You know, it really is difficult for me. But I, I don't need that type of intimacy sometimes when I realize how blessed I am to have the people that I am right now. Mm. You know, and it just, it moves me to even be asked of those things, you know. And like, it just, it makes me a better person, honestly. It makes me human. It makes me realize that I am constantly surrounded by good people. Yeah. And I'm just, I feel blessed, honestly. So that was a lot. That, that was a lot, my wow. friend. Um, your thoughts on this family? What are the, some of the few things that came up? I saw you jot down some notes over there. So Yeah, I just wrote down uh, some notes about helping be human and um, your point about everybody having a story. And um, that story needs to be shared. And we've, I think you've echoed this a couple times where um, when we share our stories, our, our downfalls, our negative, our hurtful times become minimized and our victories become like doubled like Absolutely. We, because we share them. Absolutely. You know, when we share our sorrows and our struggles uh, with friends that can help us, even if it's just listening, it minimizes, it takes the sting off. I think it kind of uh, softens the blow a little bit. And then when great things happen and we share them with those people that care about us, it magnifies it, it doubles and multiplies. And um, with Jeff, that definitely is the, is the thing. Um, that we got going on here. And just to hear the impact that the Mazzolas have had on you, I, I've always known he's a, he's a special friend for you. And to hear some of the things now, um, it, it makes me appreciate Chris even more, um, working with him and knowing him and getting to know him more. Uh, he, he is a funny guy, and I know this this big trip that they had with the family, um, was, was he leaving today, tomorrow? Absolutely. He's... he's Probably leaving right now as we speak. He's, so. he's not too excited about this plane ride, is he? <laughs> no, he hates planes. <laughs> he absolutely hates planes. So yeah, so uh, yeah, for him to 
to lean on you and say, hey, dude, <laughs> something happens. <laughs> I can just see that. But uh, thanks, thanks for sharing this, Jeff. That's, that's a great family. And again, those qualities can be shared uh, with the listeners. Um, and I think it makes connections with some of you out there with your families and with people that you know. And again, you can take these lessons to become that too for others. Uh, I just, I thank you so much for sharing that, Jeff. Absolutely, my friend. Yeah, good, good deal. Anything else to finish up? Well, I don't know who I'm going to talk about next week with you. Um, I probably got to work on that during this week. But more than anything, what I've been doing over break is working on jobflip.com. And I'd be getting the Dr. Lip podcast out ready to start rocking and rolling. Um, I think I shared with you the first one that I was going to do. Fired up. And this podcast will focus on education, careers, relationships, and counseling. So those are the four topic areas. So you'll be the first education guest on there on the Dr. Lip podcast, my friends. So wow. I feel honored. Very humbled. Yeah, so make sure you start looking at uh, jefflip.com. He does have it set up uh, where you can leave uh, your email address and uh, he'll start getting some content out and getting in touch with you. But uh, we've talked about this for a while, and uh, I'm, I'm glad Jeff is taking a leap because he's pushing me and pulling me in the direction that I need to go, and I'm really excited about that. And like I told, uh, I recorded a podcast before Jeff got here. Um, man, I, I'm not waiting for New Year's resolutions. I, You know, the, the New Year's resolutions that Sam Crowley talks about, everybody makes or a ton of people make, and then usually by that second week in January, that January 14th, I think is that, is the uh, funeral day for resolutions that he celebrates, um, that it just starts disappearing. And I cannot have that happen. Uh, I know Jeff doesn't want to have that happen. Um, and for you, whatever you guys are going through, wherever, wherever you listen to this and whenever you listen to this, don't wait for a new year to begin. It can begin today or tomorrow morning, right? It can begin uh, whatever you want to do. And I think um, you know Jeff's discussions and stories that he's sharing and definitely jefflip.com is going to be helping in those areas tremendously. I know it's going to help me. So, hey, really appreciate it, buddy. Uh, looking forward to these projects upcoming with us and uh, hope everybody's doing well out there. Make sure you head on over to my Facebook page, Coach to Expect Success. Find me on Twitter at Coach to Success and we are going to keep in touch and there's some new big things coming. We've got to put it out there. Got to follow up with it. Got to stick to this, man. I'm just so excited um, and I hope you are too with whatever's going on. Okay. Hey, Coach John Daly, signing off. Hopefully you guys are going to have a great rest of the holiday season, a great rest of 2017, and a happy early new year. See ya.